welcome in. You're about to listen to the second part of the interview with Tama Singh, who buys and sells property, who flips property, who also coaches people to do the same. Now, the first episode was really highly anticipated. It was asked for by some of you who sent me a message and were able to get Tama on the pod. Now, this man has flipped over 50 properties in two years, all whilst having a full-time job as well. And it's been interesting seeing some of the comments and feedback that has come through with this because some people have said that he sounds like a cowboy, some people have said that it's amazing, some people said he sounds too salesy, uh, he's reckless, I didn't think Keep the Change would be advocating for something like this. Now, uh, obviously a lot of positive stuff too, but I thought before we rip into part two, I would just say that you need to remember that when people tell their story, it's their story and it's their truth and you can't take that from people. So, you know, it's not for me to say that, no, you need to go back into your past and you shouldn't have done those things uh, or, you know, you don't need to take it that I'm advocating for the way that somebody wants to go about running their business or doing things. But also the principle that Tama was talking about is when you really know that a deal is going to work, you go all in and you make it happen no matter what. That is the principle. Now, obviously, one of those was that he was using equity from family and borrowing money from family and um, using credit cards and things like that. And so I think that's where people have gone, whoa, 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 you know, this is not uh, the ordinary course of discussion from Keep the Change. Now, then Tamar actually responded to some people and said, well, you know, like I said, you really need to have the skills and the confidence and the uh, competence as well before you do such things as that. So remember that this is this bloke's story. He is telling it. And in this next episode, he's explaining some of the other ways that you can earn income from property without perhaps even buying it in the first place. So have a listen to this one and have a look at some of the different ways that Tama now approaches some of the things that he does. As always with people uh, that you listen to and even with myself and with the information on Keep the Change, you may not like it all the time um, and you may not agree and that's okay. I think we can have a better world if we can actually look down on the things that people are saying and doing and accept that because it's better to have an open mind and that will open up our minds even further and our eyes to what other people are doing and how they do things. But remember to stick to within your own circles of competence and confidence and make sure you do the things that you want to be doing that you feel comfortable with and don't stretch yourself past what it is that you can actually afford or achieve. So enjoy this episode and we'll see you in the next episode of the Keep the Change podcast. I want to be a billionaire, so freaking bad, by all of the Welcome back, you're listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast, and we've got a round two with Tama Singh, at Tama Singh on Instagram, TikTok, and soon to be tamasingh.com. Yes, that's right, well. mate. Yeah. Glad, glad to be on here. On the first episode, we discussed a bit about you, your backstory, what it is that you do, what you teach, why you're doing it, some of the deals that you've come across, but... In this episode, I want to 
dig in and ask some of the questions that people sent in to Instagram, yeah. Um, but also try and extract out some of the things that you're talking about in seminars. But I know that those are obviously full days. We're not going to be able to get through that in 30 minutes. Um, but give people some of the things to understand, you know, firstly, whether this is actually for them, you know, like how do people know whether flipping property is their jam? Um, flipping properties, obviously there is anything is risk involved, right? But at the same time, flipping, if you do it right, can give you large amounts of money in a short period of time. And when someone says flipping, they always go straight to the whole, oh, 100K, I made 100K in the house. They think they got to make 100 grand. But what we do is we operate on the sub 400K purchase prices in the regions, which requires less capital. And we're making around about on average now 80 grand on our flips. But when we first started, our goal was not that. So people think, oh, yep, I'm going to go have to buy in the cities, Auckland. So their mindsets are like on the cities. So you might go 700K and you might spend 100K on a reno and you sell it and say you make 100K. Your entrance point is so high. You had to put forward your 700 grand all in. Mm. And then just to make the 100, I teach the whole thing where it's like go to the regions, bring down your capital level way down and here is a blueprint of how I've done it. So if it's if they like the big amounts of money in the short amount of time, it, it, that's that's for them. So the people that come along to the seminar say, well, get in touch with you, are they wanting to go to the regions and be there physically on the ground or are they saying, well, I can't do that because I live in this city? I'm like, same. Yeah. I'll come have coffee with you in half an hour. I live in Auckland too. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, my, the whole thing is just instilling them like how I've done it. And I can never talk about anything if I haven't done it myself, mm. right? Our whole goal was to make enough money from the regions that we eventually come up to Auckland and start flipping in the where the big boys are or whatever, right? But then yeah. I realized, I was like, why? We're making more than enough money here. And with interest rates where they are, like you have to think about everything. Like your pool of buyers under 600K is huge. Mm. It's way bigger than it is currently now. It's 7.2% interest rate testing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's making it harder for people to get access to capital, right? Yeah, and then you've got the post-COVID, working from home, and then people are like, why don't we just go live on a, in, in a nice town or a nice yeah. little, you know, move out of the cities? Yeah. And do most of these people, like, so you, in the first episode you taught us or told us that you did it with a business partner who's got skills in renovating properties, right? So do yep. you teach, kind of align yourself with somebody like that? Or are you saying, hey, if you want, like, fucking try and do it all yourself or what? Yeah, there is a way you can do it all yourself, um, but it is harder. It just means you have to be very good on the buy. So that means that, like, if, remember, any deal is sort of a good deal mm. at the price. Like, no one's going to turn down a house for a dollar doesn't matter what, it's got the worst meth asbestos in the world. Yeah. You're buying that house for a dollar, especially if it comes with land, right? But you have to be like, oh, I don't know how to deal with the tradies and I don't know how to trust if they're doing the work. There's systems, processes, technologies now and um, clear intentions you tell them before you start the work. And obviously if you're going to be doing this full time and you've got big goals for yourself, hopefully the tradies catch on to that. And they're like, okay, I get consistent work from this person. And who knows, maybe they'll help me um, get into property. Especially yeah. when it's tradies, man. They all, nine out times out of ten, want to get into property. Do they? Of yeah. course, bro. Sparkies, the plumbers, the builders. Because they're the ones that sending the little 10, 12, 15 grand invoices and then watching the guy make fucking 110. Yeah. I often say to tradies, it's one of the greatest trades to get into because it's one of the most desired products in New Zealand, a finished house. Correct. So if you can... If you can do that shit for yourself and over time you, you might work in a job, say, but you can 
get enough cash to buy a bit of land and then help build your own home and then do get your friend in who can do the roof and get your mate in who can Absolutely. do the, yeah. you know, the sparky, etc. I'm like, that is fucking what people work their entire lives to go to the bank and say, hey, can I borrow all of this to go and pay to have that done because they don't have that skill set. And then you get to watch that appreciate and value through the devaluation of our currency and those things become more valuable too Correct. and you can leverage, leverage. against it. Yeah, yep, absolutely. When I was at uni, it was, well, sorry, school, it was like, you've got to go to uni because you're smart enough. Well, if that's not your thing, a I trade, yeah. yeah, is very, very smart because it's not just what you get paid, it's what you can actually do with your skill set, which is actually really, really valuable in the market. 100%. And mm. there's, there's two things that you talk about. It's like the white collar skill and then there's the blue collar skill in property, right? You need both for, for those. Um, Priority, you need the white collar. Yeah. A weird colour to say as priority, but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely need the white collar as absolute because that's the contracts, that's the law, mm. that's, um, you know, dealing with the lawyers, the conditions, clauses, all that stuff because technically with some of the things I teach, the contemporaneous and things like that, there's properties I've bought and sold on the same day that I didn't have to do anything to, which required very minimal blue-collar work. The blue-collar work could have been like someone opening the door yeah. For the buyer. Still something physical had to have happened, but the white collar work, you can still get in the property flipping. Um just just that, with no tradies connections whatsoever. So I'm a pretty simple dude, mate. I have no fucking idea what contemporaneous means. Yeah. What what is that? So contemporaneous, easiest way is like a back to back, same day settlement. So that's when the absolute title changes over for ownership of the house. To, from one person to another person on the same day. So it's something where you could have gone unconditional on a property and it settles July 31st and you got it for 500 grand and you, you did a lot of work and negotiation skills to get it at 500, even though it was listed on Trade Me at 580. Then all of a sudden, um, through the means of other strategies, you find a buyer that says, oh man, I'm pre-approved for 550. Can you find me a house that's three bedroom, blah, blah, blah. And you go, yes, I've got one. Depending on how you market it to that person, say you just sent him the trade me link. He's seeing it for 580 and you go, here it is for 550. And he goes, oh, sweet. Yeah, I'll buy that off you. And you have to line up the sale and purchase agreements to be almost identical Besides making small changes like the price, so your price to him will be five fifty, right? Mm -hmm. And the settlement date will be July thirty first for you, and for him it'll be July thirty first. So what happens on settlement day is that the loan from the guy getting five fifty, the bank will contact the lawyers and be like, "Here are the transfer of funds," and then the lawyer will have five hundred fifty grand in their account, and they'll be like, "Okay, Luke, now it's time for you to buy the house." So what they would do normally is that you've got the original contract with the vendor at 500. They will take 500 of the 550 and transfer it into the original vendor's account. So they're paid, they're happy, done deal. Then there's 50 grand left over. The lawyer will be like, we're going to retain our funds of 2,000, whatever. And then they go, what is your bank account, Luke, for us to send you $48,000? Wow. And you're going to be like, where's the fucking bar? <laughs> what time is happy hour? It doesn't matter. I've got money. Yeah. That's how contemporaneous works. So yeah. that, for me, that sounds like the power of a network. Like that's putting deals together, right? Correct. So you, you need to know. And Both sides of that. Yeah. How to find the deals and then how to find the buyers. Yeah. How many times have you been able to pull that off? Nine. Really? And I've just confirmed one 95% now that will net 
no net gross whatever 75 grand yeah far yeah. out it's there's, salary shit it's yeah there's a saying money exchanges hands when value exceeds price mm. so what that means is that to the first person selling they're like yeah sweet we're getting 500 G's for this wicked. The second person's like, fuck yeah, this is still valuable to me at 550. And yep. so the money still transacts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So there's that little little margin there. And like, there's a quick story I always say to people when they explain this to like anyone that has no idea of property. It's like, say you're at a bar and you want to buy a Heineken and they're $10 happy hour, whatever, right? And you give your mate the $10, he goes to the bar to go buy it, but they're actually $5 today because it's happy hour. Mm-hmm. And you go, cool. And you, the bartender hands him back $5. He comes back with the Heinekens and gives you yours. You got what you wanted, right? Yeah. To you, you don't care where the other five, you don't even know, your margin's kept in your pocket. Yeah. Now, in the eyes of the law, who purchased them, like who, like technically speaking, who paid for them? Your mate. Because he mm-hmm. gave you the 10 to go purchase them. But in the eyes of the law, of the security camera, who actually bought them? You. Yeah. So there's things there where it's like if you're a first home buyer, you cannot be getting into contemporaneous settlements because you actually do end up on the title, even if it's for an hour or so, and it's lodged that you or your company did purchase it in order to keep that margin. Yeah. So if you're a first home buyer, you do not do contemporaneous settlements. Um, you do deal sourcing where it leaves you completely out of any contract or title. So – Contemporaneous, is that what it is? Yeah, contemporaneous. Okay, so that's sort of once you're down the track, right? I'd imagine you need pretty strong networks both sides there, right? Yeah. But then, so deal sourcing, is that sort of um, entry level slash stage one that you, that you would teach people? Correct. Yeah. That's the no money, So that is no excuse. Yeah. Luke, go out there in New Zealand and find me deals that look like X, Y, Z. Here's your checklist yep. and bring them back to me and yep. I'll tell you whether they actually are a deal. Correct. It's oh, a, they have to be. If like if you filled that checklist out, I'd buy them. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is an undervalued property that you know through your experience and time in the market that can be sold at a profit via doing maybe some things to it, or it may just be underpriced. It might just be underpriced. That's the easiest way, right? Well, wow. The most easiest way ever is just buying something because you made more offers than anyone, and you just got a vendor that was like, I actually don't care. I've had I've had this property for 15 years. I've made 400 grand capital gains. I don't really give a shit if I walk with 300. Yeah. I just need to move to Australia to be with my daughter or whatever the hell the excuse is, and there you were right there at the right time. Wow. And so that framework that you teach people, do you – like, do you have to modify that or refine that as yeah, things of course. change? Like yeah. a lot of people here is like, oh, like someone today, they're like, oh, you only talk about the pros and, and the good life and the, the sunny rainbows and stuff. Contemporaneous does have obviously the risk factor there mm. because what happens is if you've gone unconditional, which you would never do until your buyer went unconditional and the contract's lined up, but what happened on July 31st, if that buyer just didn't settle for yep. some reason. So there's certain things that you have to learn and teach people, like this is where th- something goes wrong in settlement date, which means they default, which means you default. Got because, you. right, if they just don't want to settle, um, then you can't settle because you didn't even arrange finance. You had you had no money. You didn't have that 500000 yeah, to give there. to the vendor. Yeah. You were waiting on that person. So this is the thing that people need to teach and learn and other strategies of what happens on settlement date when se- when it Shit goes wrong because I've done, I think, more than nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we've made over 300,000 from that. See, but if I was a student of property, like say I love property and wanted to get into this shit and I was listening to this, I would be Googling contemporaneous deals, figuring out 
okay, what do I need to know? Then I'll yep. be YouTubing it, figuring out what's the downside risks and learning. I'd skip I'm sure all that and just come to my seminar. <laughs> and what does that cost? <laughs> um, it depends. Like the last two were like two and a half grand a person yeah, and three and a half grand for two. Okay. Yeah. And so that's to then weed out people that you know aren't actually then probably going to take action on the other side, right? Because it'd be very easy to go, right, 99 bucks and you get fill the room. And Absolutely. Then people go, well, but... You know, that's like not for anything me. that I'm put, I'm pushing in a price, I'm screaming that shit. I don't yeah. care if I have to just like my mentorship. It was like, there's the video right there. I'm mm. saying it's fifteen thousand dollars plus GST, and I will tell everyone what, uh, like, not like, oh, book a call and you'll see. Nah, yeah, yeah. this is how much it costs. Yeah, and I'm very confident because all the other mentees that have done it have made you know their money. Yeah, so far. But then even like deal sourcing, say, I'd be going away and going, okay, how can I learn more about this just yeah. to get some base level understanding because. You know, I'd imagine that it's it's easy to talk about deal sourcing, two words, but then there's probably tens of hours of training on that Correct. alone, right? So yeah. one of the things is breaking down the profit versus the time invested. Yeah. So a deal, I always say, should net someone or gross, whatever, 10 grand if you find a deal. that That's what the end goal should be, right? Yeah. So you break that down, okay, on an average salary, if someone's earning four, five grand, that's five grand a month, that's quite a lot in New Zealand. I think that equates to yeah. maybe 90 grand or something. Yeah, maybe even 60, more. yeah. yeah. Five, five, did you say five grand a month? Yeah. Yeah, five times 12, 60. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the math, mate. Oh, something, whatever your salary would be. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're earning 10 grand in one go, yeah. Would you say that was two months worth of work? Mm, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So then you'd have to be like, okay, that's uh, eight times four is 160, eight, four, whatever. 32. 32, 32 times two is 640 hours then? You've lost me, but anyway. Whatever, whatever the hourly rate to break down making 10 grand, and then you're going to be like, cool, your first deal will obviously take the longest. Mm-hmm. Second deal, then compound knowledge will, will take in, connections, the same agents you talk to, the more phone calls you've made, then agents might start, might start bringing you deals, which yeah. shortens your time frame, which is where I'm at now, where I don't really look at deals anymore because they just get sent to me. Yeah. And only when I do my mentorships that I sit down and go over everything on my laptop for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I find new deals. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. But yeah, the deal sourcing comes down to if you learn the skill, it'll take this amount of time and you'll earn this amount of money. Is that worth it to you? Yeah. Of course it is because it beats anything else. And, and then as you refine it, it's then, like you say, going to get condensed down. I understand what you're saying. Basically, you were saying expect that you're going to get a low dollar per hour value output because it's going to take you a lot of time to start with but as you do more they'll yeah. all speed up and you'll start and you'll try and earn more than 10 yeah you'll find extra juicy deals but now on 20 yeah and, and you'll build that into the price where the numbers work and the person goes yeah i don't care what you want to make if, to, if this ticks the checklist all good starts to blow your thermostat of wow what is actually possible to earn in a day or in a week or yeah. in a month. Yeah. Also, I had no idea how trash I was at maths just then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right, mate. We've all uh, yeah, all got work ons. Okay, so we've got uh, deal sourcing as well, and then and then what else? Like what? Because it sounds like to me there's a fucking stack load of ways you can make money out of property. Yeah, so it's not the, just Kiwis the, like yeah. hold. Nah, no, the deal sourcing is one of them. Uh, then you go into contemporaneous eventually when you can just do same-day settlement. It's the best return on investment sort of required because you're not settling on the property. Yeah. So you're just earning the profit in the middle. Then there's joint ventures. So that's another one. Yeah. So a JV is where you might have learned the skill um, of project managing, finding the deal, and then you go, nah, instead of this 10 grand, I want to try and earn more. So I need to find someone that can fund this and I'm going to show them 
what you'd normally show anyone for a deal source anyway is like this is a good deal because of X, Y, Z. If we onsold it to someone else, I could I could make 10. But if we settle on it, do the renovations, here is the sales data. I think there's roughly around 90 grand profit in here safely. You, JV partner, who could be your mum, it could be your friend's dad, it could be anyone, you know, that you might work with. And you go, we can do a profit split. And when you're first starting, you take a small one. Yeah. You go, let's go 80-20 on 90 grand, wow. which equates to don't ask me. Yeah. What you get, only get 20%, they get the 80. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, that's uh, depending on anyway, you can do 50, favor. 50, yeah. you can do whatever. Um, but that's a way for you to get started. Again, other people's money, the biggest shortcut, the key, yeah. And you're learning skills. You're, yeah. you're learning trading connections. And then eventually you do two of those, maybe it's 70-30, and now you've got enough for a full deposit to buy a house. And now you're in control. And then, um, or you can just keep doing JVs. Yeah. And then do people sort of eventually graduate to sweet, I'm going to then move some profits that I'm making on the flipping side into wealth creation, buying and holding? Correct. That yeah. is absolutely, which is what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And then basically building a rental unit. How do you deal with... Because I've seen one video on TikTok, um, but I'd imagine you get this a bit where people are like, oh, you know, you're just then making it fucking harder for everyone else. Oh, I love I those even, comments. Yeah, I can't even remember what they were saying, but basically that sort of um, classic negative New Zealand. Um, Tall poppy, yeah. can't understand it. Yeah. You know, so so what is it? They're just saying, oh, you're what? making it hard for everyone else. Yeah, I think you were doing a story in front of a house where you made oh, X amount. Yeah, 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 yeah 70 yeah. grand contemporaneous. Okay, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the money. That's yeah. the big type of money, right? So that must be great engaging content because it's going to fuck off 50% of people, probably even oh, 80. Oh, 90. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, what the fuck? Like, it's taken me a year or more. I watched it and it pissed me off because I was like, why the fuck is my shirt not ironed? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah. Yeah. So you're basically saying, I made XYZ in one day and people are going to be like, you asshole. Melt my brain. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it should. It should either, I said, it's like, this should make you angry. Mm. I don't care what it does, but it should, at the end game, try and make money or learn how the fuck this dude did this. Um, so. Yeah, they, they will always get angry. You cannot please everyone, um, but they just have to realize. I mean, that's why I try and be as relatable as I sort of can in the videos. You know, I grew up in a Potiki. Yeah. You know, I was I was um, on the top of the Hilux last week uh, on, on the yeah. New Herald, if you saw me. No, I'm not in the gangs here. But yeah, yeah I'm from a Potiki, relatable person, didn't go to uni, um, just learned it by doing it. And I say to people, like, you don't need any qualifications to get into this mm. and you just need to be open. Like, you know, it's just property in New Zealand. As long as you're a New Zealand citizen, Australia and Singapore, you can buy here yeah. and, you know, get started. So what else then do you, oh, just I'll finish on that. Do you, so you've learned maybe through some of the comedy stuff as well, just to be like, oh, it's water off a duck's back. Oh, like the having thick skin for comments. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in a social media game, it helps with engagement, yeah. especially when you get them arguing in there. The algorithm doesn't know what the context of the words are. They just think, oh, comment, 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 add one zero one zero 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 one. You know, so it helps. So you can just, yeah, throw more fuel on the fire if you want. Yeah. Get the engagement going. And, um, yeah, the hate is there. It's, it's just, I mean, sad mm. to see, like, you know, Gary Vee talks about it, you know, there's been there's been haters online for so long and yeah. they'll continue to be there. So it doesn't phase me at all now. Nah. Nice. Okay. So what else do you teach people? What like So yeah. another key thing at the seminars is the negotiation skills. That is one of the main things because the white collar stuff, as I was saying, is majority of the most importance. Because my blue collar skills, which is the actual physical work, 
is dirt trash. Mm. I have no idea how to use any power tools. I have no idea how to fucking do nearly anything physical with my hands besides a laptop and my phone. But the negotiation skills, how to talk to agents, property managers, even vendors directly, how to talk to buyers, how to talk to investors, how to talk to your parents regarding putting out equity, how to talk... um, uh, and then negotiation skills comes into like the buy and then the sale. So the sales process, marketing, all that types of stuff, right? Even writing the descriptions on um, thing. People are like, oh, I'll just chat GPT there. It's like, you'll fucking lose against me every time if you're trying that shit. Yeah. You need to custom make each message and put yourself in the eyes of the buyer, know the area. Chat GPT ain't going to beat you on that yet, maybe, yeah, once Skynet opens up. But yeah, that's yeah. the other main thing that I teach, which is the negotiation skills. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, someone asked me, you know, oh, what, you know, what do you think of this guy? And I said, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know much about it. I mean, this is what these podcasts are about. Yeah. But they were like, oh, I'm always skeptical of anyone selling a course or a seminar. And I said, well, I get that, especially as Kiwis, not yeah. very big here. Yeah. However, I said, you know, I've for me personally, like I've brought a course where I learned, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. And it was worth its weight in gold because it made me refocus on what I was doing. So yeah. I was sort of like, oh, shiny object. I could create an e-commerce business. This yeah. looks piss, piss on the side. Got into it and was like, oh, man, this is like a lot of work. And that probably, that time needs to be focused over here with the stuff that I know is already yeah. working. Luke, write that one off. Yeah, so that money list. spent still created action for benefit. Bingo. Yeah. And I said, you know, if someone's, if you can get close to someone that's done things repetitively and they've got skin in the game, they've got experience and they've got wins and that's what it costs for you to get close to them to actually have the confidence that then it's possible for you or you yep. can get that experience, then how is it, you know, like how is it not that you'd want to go and pay to do that? The funny thing is Kiwis will go, oh, I might go to uni and you're like, oh, fucking hell, you're going to pay 40 grand for a course. Oh, that, yeah, no, I know. I know. Oh, well, well, fucking course. Oh, you, like yep. it's interest free. You know why it's interest free? Because it's not that valuable. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, and it's and, but but we'll see. Yeah, but in America, you go to America and there's fucking courses for everything. You know, I paid for a course recently to learn how to stand up a Zoom webinar quickly, and I was like, okay, these guys specialize in this. It's forty nine American dollars. At least I won't fuck it up. Bang, I'll pay for it and learn yeah, how to do it. I was absolutely. like, oh man, there was eight things in there that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, brilliant. That's heaps heaps valuable. But yeah. I think Kiwis are like, oh, I don't know about paying for education unless it's from a university yeah mm. it's so weird and like that's the whole thing with a guru that whole word comes oh, into yeah. right where people are like oh just another guru talking about this and even um like property seminars and stuff in new zealand i don't know how saturated it is all i know is that we've had over 100 people come to my seminars now not one person has asked for a refund not one of them has not raved about how awesome it was that's why i film the testimonials yeah. i do the screenshots i have nothing to hide on that shit mm. and then the main thing is like you're just paying for speed when you do a course you're just paying to know something fucking now that's it that's yeah. the main thing people don't wrap their hands like no i'd rather do the freeway and take a fucking eight months and make a mistake <laughs> and ruin my whole life especially when you get into the big ticket items right yeah yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. You're basically paying to speed up your journey. Absolutely. Okay, so what is the the process as such um, summarized as to like go and source a deal and then do it yourself for the first time? Uh, like you're not going to settle on it. You're just going to renovate. You're not going to renovate or do anything. You basically, your goal for a year is, let's, well, yeah, let's say a year, you just want to do one flip and make, 30k what would your advice be or suggestion if that was your goal um 
if I was to like stress this out to one of my students, I'd be like, go find this deal. Here's the checklist. This is what, here's the script on what to say to agents. Here is the lawyer I would recommend. Here is the accountant I'd recommend. Set up your company, do this, and then make offers. Once you've got it under contract, get me involved. I'll review your contract. Then you've got it, say, for a good price. Then I'd be like, let's try and sell this on contemporaneously without you doing anything. Yeah. Safest, easiest way. And they might be like, oh, okay. Because it comes down to like, are you doing it to learn? Like you want to do the renos to learn or do you just want to fucking get money? Yeah. Because if it's that one, like I did it with a mentee and I'll do the video soon. He's made $25,000 in a contemporaneous deal three days after my mentorship. Wow. Yeah, he found the deal on the mentorship day and then obviously his due diligence, it happens. And then what's happened is I obviously knew someone that wanted a really good buy and hold in this town in Whanganui and I said, you should just, you know, I know a buyer. So I linked them up and he's clipped 25K. Sweet. Yeah, so that's his entire mentorship paid for in fucking two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And I think do people then realize, oh, I don't actually need to do the, the flipping piece because there's other ways to make cash. Oh, it's like, again, I cannot say anything that I haven't done myself. Mm. And our content brain is right now as it stand over 300,000, right? Mm. Which will grow to like half a million by the end of the year, probably because 70K is already sort of banked, right? That is like what I would teach to them where it's like you have to be a flipper because it's still flipping, it's still trading. But what people need to know is there's other ways to flip or trade without just doing the whole Mighty 10 dream home shit. Yeah, yeah. I need to get the materials and go and break open the wall. And it's like, you don't the have kitchen. to do any of that. Yeah. You can just do less and make less, but get it done, sign, seal, deliver, safer. Do people freak out a bit when they realize I've got to pay tax on these profits? I know, they, they ask like, me in the comments, like, oh yeah, but do you have to pay tax? It's yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, like what country are you living at? Yeah, that yeah. you think that anything we're doing in life isn't taxed. Yeah. Of course you have to make tax. And that's why I said to one person, um, like the villa we're doing, it's like got an estimate of like maybe 150 grand profit. That's a big one. Mm. That's like we bought that. I've got access to renovate that for 70 days. Settlements in like three weeks time. That's about 150 grand. And someone goes, oh, but you still got to pay. No, it's 200, sorry. It's 200K. And they go, oh, you still have to pay tax on that. And I said, well, just take 50% away Mm. and tell me that you aren't happy with 100,000 in three months. Yeah. Of course, you just tax everything. In my head, I know, you know, GST and there's whatever company tax rate, you yeah. transfer into my personal, be fucking 39% yeah, probably. <laughs> I just, everything I own is like half. Gone. Gone, half gone. Yeah, yeah. smart. It's, it's a good way to set your mind up to understand, okay, like this isn't mine. But I think naturally it's a it's a tough change for people going from employment into doing business deals or flipping stuff because they look at the figure, the profit and think, fuck, I'm going to make that amount of money. It's yeah, like, it's like, why'd you sign up your salary at 90 grand a year? Yeah, yeah. You're getting taxed on that, right? Well, yeah. what about the tax? <laughs> it's like every single thing is getting taxed. But the one thing about doing having a flipping company or just being a business owner is you can write off things. Mm-hmm. You can never write off your PAYE. No. That shit is finalized, taken on the spot. Yeah, yeah. So there's expenses that you can claim because you're traveling around. Yeah, having people. fun. You yeah, know? yeah. Your phone bill, internet, yep. etc. Um, so now 48 deals in less than two years. By the time this goes out, you probably two have years, done 50. Two years. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so two years. Two years. Two. April, May, June. Two years, two months. Awesome. So 50 deals. What's biggest mistakes in that time? 
biggest mistakes that we've made, because this is the main thing. I'm sorry, I didn't say the other one. We've never lost money. Yeah. We've never lost money on any deal. The least money that we've ever made was six grand. And that was because we bought on the worst street in Gisborne, which was Munro Street. There's a lot of cheap deals if people went on trade me. Oh, I know that street. That's like shot up BMWs, houses on fire. And I thought I found a multi-unit deal that I was like, nah, nah, this is good enough. This yeah. is good enough. But you cannot change the unchangeables. Mm. That is the main thing. So location is key. Because you have to, and you trust the words of the agent sometimes. You listen out to more stories. Um, you know, the small meta things I teach, we get in the car, taxi to the house. I'm fucking spam asking the taxi driver, like, yo, what's the market like here? What's the streets that we should stay away from? What's the good area? If, I, if, I, if you won Lotto and you had to stay here in Gisborne, where would you live? Oh, fuck, I'll be living out in blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, okay, that's the market, right? Yeah. You know? So you're asking all those small details. And yeah, location's key, knowing that you cannot change the unchangeables where we talked about the stigma behind certain houses and um, that that's probably the main things that can screw up a flip. Obviously, there's the things where the market changes and you didn't buy well below market value. So the main thing I say is like we buy below below market value. So like a house is worth 400 grand and below market value is like 375. We're trying to get in there at like 340, something like that, right? Wow, yeah. yeah. Okay. And... So do you, have you had to teach yourself to strip out some of those emotions because, and, and to make it really transactional when you're doing these deals? Because most people would buy a property and they'll be coming from an emotional state. Correct. And I nearly did this. I nearly bought a place. I was keen on this place. Small town. It was next to a KFC, a Z station yeah. with fucking Fonterra trucks going past. The lawyer is like, mate, are you serious? Yep. Like, who the fuck do you think is going to want to buy this after you? I'm like, it seems like a nice place compared to the other ones I've looked at. It's pretty close to KFC. They're like, please do not buy this. Yep. Like, this is not a good idea. And I'm like, what's wrong with it? It seems like a great place. And they're like, go and stand outside that KFC till 10 p.m. on a Saturday or whatever. And see. And yep. then go and stand and wait for those Fonterra trucks to go past and feel the road shaking. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I didn't even think of any of that stuff. But a transactional mind from a lawyer was just like, mate, we're trying to help you here. Yeah. But I think naturally most of us when it comes to property are thinking emotionally. Yeah, that's, that the, that's, that's the main thing. You know, that's why I do those things where people shit themselves in property and it holds them back and they just don't end up doing anything. Or they're like, nah, nah, I, I did the 08. I'm old enough to know what happened in the recession and blah, blah. And my key sentence is like, oh, they're like, oh, the market's going to keep going down and stuff. It's like, it's been going down. We've done 48. We've never lost money because of the methods we do. And at the end of the day, what is it? Thousands of people in New Zealand will be making millions of dollars in property and you can't even make 30 to 50? Yeah. Like where do you stand on that? Do you not like that's why I start my seminar is this fucking first slide and it says, do you, can we all agree that regardless whether we go and just sit in the toilet for the next eight hours or just eat lunch and do nothing, there's going to be hundreds of people, thousands maybe, making millions in property in New Zealand for the next eight months, a year? Will they? Will there be? And the people will be like, oh, maybe. You know, it's like, yes, they will be. Mm. So why can't we, why can't I teach you guys how to make 30 to 50? That's the main thing. So just lower the expectations. Don't go into the whole, we need to make a 100K flip or it's not even worth it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the, you just got to teach them on the ROI and how long shit actually can be done fast. You don't have to do the whole 
big exhorting. And also get a good lawyer. In property, of course, shitting yourself. If you don't have a good lawyer um, that needs to know ins and outs on property and efficient and knows what to do when things are going wrong, they're the ones obviously worth their weight in gold. So with property, when it comes to having a, a partner, even doing it well enough, no blue collars, builders, whatever, you can do it without any tradie. You can do it without a broker. The one person you can never do anything in property is a lawyer. Mm. Legally, like for AML, the money has to go through their account for you to get paid. But out of every other professional, you know, the accountants and stuff, you do eventually, but people can do their own accounting, not to put you out of business, but (laughs) fucking I'll run mine to the ground if I had to do anything with numbers. But it's the lawyer is the number one person. Then everyone else comes second to them in, in the professional qualified settings. Yeah, yeah, okay. So get, and that's part of building a, a strong team, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The lawyer's definitely the one. Okay, and then can you get to the stage where you do some of the legal stuff yourself? Like you must build up. Well, I do my own sale and purchase agreements. So when I do my own contemporaneous, I draw draw up my sale and purchase agreements and I teach people at my seminar how to do that themselves. So if they want to do a contemporaneous, this is how you should be doing it. This yeah. is like what you should be, how you should be doing it. Um, yeah. So, but I normally, you know, to the point, that's just like you trying to save some money. Yeah. Eventually now it's like, it's not worth the time. Just yeah. fucking pay my lawyer. Yeah. And what about, I had someone say to me, um, ask him about whether he's worried people are going to cut his lunch. Like he's just training up people to, to kick his own ass. He's training they up won't. his own competitors. They won't. <laughs> they won't beat me. Yeah. Nah. I, they, I already joke about this at the seminars. One of them is even on video. He's like, bro, I'm going to fucking beat you. I'm like, nah, you ain't. Straight away, cut it down. Ha ha, joke. You ain't going to beat me. Yeah. I'm training you guys up. Eventually, it's to the point where they will just be like, I just want to work with you. I ain't going to try and beat you. Because you have to be a certain type of person where if you're an asshole with them in real life, they're like, fuck that dude. I actually will try and beat him. But eventually when they all meet me at the seminars and we go through the mentorships or whatever, they all just continuously want to keep working with me, mm. which is great yeah. because, you know, um, I am just motivated to help them, you know, make money. But nah, when it comes to that thing, it's like, what, you, you, were you guys faster than me yeah. in finding that deal? Yeah. I nah. think Is it partly as well an abundance mentality versus scarcity where there's so many deals out there? There's, you know, not correct. That's the other thing. It's like, man, how many people can you train? Yeah. A thousand? Do you know how many houses there are in one block? Yeah. Like, you know, we flew over Auckland the other day and we're just looking at a block of fucking houses. We're like, Jesus Christ. It's big. It's like you can never underestimate how much people there actually is, Mm. how many houses there actually are. Yeah. There are so many deals out there and the same deal will be for sale next year when that person can't pay their mortgage or there's the same house you guys fought for last year. It's on the fucking market again. Yeah. It'll consistently sell. There's no limit on how much a house can sell. That's why the whole contemporaneous is like some houses sell four times in one day. The same house. Wow, really? Mental. So we did that example. You got it for 500. You sold 550. Maybe he sold someone else for 575 and they sold someone else for 600. And all you guys did not know what you guys were sitting on. And that person sold it for fucking 800 yeah. because you guys didn't do your, your checks on the development potential or knew that the government were doing this in XYZ area. And that dude made. But there was yeah. four sales on the same day. When people come to seminars that you run, mm. what is the one thing that a lot of them leave and go, fuck, that was my takeaway? The free lunch. The free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah um, it's literally the no excuse, 
this is how you move your hands and click things and do things and yeah. make the calls and read these words out. It is not the me- it's not really the mindset fluff. I do that with my videos. Mm. I do that enough. You're in the fucking room. You're motivated enough because you're watching my shit. And you're paid to be there. You're paid to be here. And yeah. Here's the actual physical stuff. So the slides are like, do this, go to this website, set this up, then download this, then call this person and set up your account here. And then now this is now training on how to look for deals on Trade Me. This is how to fill out a sale and purchase agreement. These are the clauses that you copy and paste. Everyone got their laptop? Pause. Download it onto your desktops. I want to see your guys' clauses ready to go. Sweet. Action, 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 action. So there's no there's no fucking excuses. It's just all practical. It's like, can you open your phone and go to settings? Yeah. Do you know how to do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same shit. Can you do, draw up an offer if I sent it to your inbox? Yeah. How long will it take you? Seven minutes. So that's, they, that's how fast it needs to be. So they leave feeling empowered that they've got everything that they need. Everything. To the seminar is created that you have to have everything you need to start. And that's why 25, 35, 45, $50,000 $50, has been made from my students yeah. since January from them doing stuff. Yeah. And they, like they were all taught the same. So the ones that chose to go off and just fucking hustle got it done. And the others are like, maybe not like not hustling, but they're just like waiting for their time or oh, balancing. Yeah. They've still got the knowledge. Um, and then when they, when they decide to do something, you know, they're, they're there. What brings you more fulfillment? Seeing one of your students be mind blown by pulling a deal off or doing your own deal still? Um, Tough question. It'd be both really. Yeah. 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 I mean like um, definitely that because Right, and I tell the honest truth about that when it comes to the mentees and shit. I'm like, I want you guys to succeed because back to that question, the the happiness and it's like, nah, I'm just always trying to monetize. Yeah. I want you guys to make fucking money from this so I can scream about it to everyone else and monetize more people. And the only way I can do that is from you guys to be successful. Yeah. So there's that whole thing where the other gurus might be like, nah, it's just the thing. I've always wanted to teach people and all, you know. Teaching people is a... Um, product of me being very good at what I do and there's just another cash roll type business opportunity there Um, but then when I'm actually in the room with them it does change when I'm like seeing like the conversations with their wife have hopes now where they're like like the the Napier one I did is like when do you think you're going to buy for his home he's like I don't know and I was like cool ask them like three questions I'm like March March next year yeah literally I was like, really? I was like, absolute gun to the fucking head, March next year. Because I asked him, I was like, when's your lease finishing here? He's like, I'm renting, March. I'm like, done, March. Yeah. If he said, oh, next month, I'd be like, okay, sweet, that's a bit hard. Yeah. <laughs> but March, ample enough time. Wicked. And he's only got 50 grand. So it could be, it's obviously going to be life-changing for them. Yeah, it would be. Because mm. I'm like, sweet, I'm going to partner you up with a JV person. You're going to use that 50 to fund their renos. You're going to clip a 20 grand ticket from that. Yeah. And then we're going to try and do two of those. So you're going to be sitting on 50, 90,000. Then we're going to go and buy a t- uh, 20% deposit on a house that might be worth 450 or something. I don't know the maths. I did it. I yeah. wrote it down. And then I'm like, there's your first home. There it is right there. And they were like, oh, what? I was, they're like, we we're going to get a three bedroom, four bedroom. And I told them, I was like, nah, you guys are going to go with a nice two bedroom that's got a certain floor size. You guys can turn to a three bedroom but you're going to secure it for this price and you're going to fucking buy it by March. Yeah. And they're like, yep, done. Wow. Like the no excuse strategy. If you know what you're doing, here it is. Painting out their future. Yeah. yeah. How has this changed um, you and your beliefs over this last couple of years? 
with like the housing market? No, just in general, like you going through this process, how, how do you think it's changed you and maybe even just the way that you vision, uh, see money or just what you see as possible in New Zealand? Like, um, it- Well, you've got to be you know, like impressed with that number. Like when I explain to people, it's like it sounds bullshit. It's to the point where I might as well just say, hey, man, I've flipped fucking 20 houses mm. in the last two years. They're going to be like, what? 10 a year. Yeah, that's heaps, man. But yeah. Then I say 50 and you just sound like a con artist. Yeah, yeah, one a fortnight. <laughs> Scam, you know, like, yeah. you know, fuck. Oh, yeah, that's the maths. One a fortnight. So it has been good and it has been awesome to also like, you know, the other business partner who's been with me since day one to instill the fact like all the shit we've been through. And again, he does the blue collar work, which is the actual long hours, time away from family and all that type of stuff to be like, hey, Stick around, have faith, this will pay off massively for you. And then the other small people that are part of the team as well. Yeah. It's the fact. And I always said, I was like, I will not stop always, forever. It'll just be always trying to earn money, entrepreneurial. And I would hate always, always to have you exit for some reason yeah. and say, come back, here's, here's time. And I have to say, I fucking told you. <laughs> That's my worst thing. I'm yeah. like, it will happen. There's no way it can't. Can people check if they think you're full of shit, can they find out online you know how many times yep i'll do on? it I'd, yeah. i always vet myself yeah, i'm yeah. like i say 50 property purchases but some of them are two houses one title but it's still two houses mm. that you had to have purchased um one title so someone be like oh let's look up his company let's look at the fucking register of how many houses he actually bought bullshit he's only bought 33 or whatever it might be yeah, or yeah. 38 or 40 i don't know but i that's why i say it's four 50 houses yeah. purchases it's still once you're over 30 who gives a shit right you know in two <laughs> years um there's that way and there's also the fact where it's like where's the other social proof of anyone that's come to the seminar and they're being like nah didn't learn anything this is bullshit where's that post yeah. it you can't hide comments on insta you can only delete them which means that if they've done something like that negative and you go to delete it they will know it's been deleted so then they go oh this gun's fucking scared he knows i'm onto him so then i might blow it up on their stories or whatever the hell yeah, yeah. nothing's happened like that yeah so i know i can vet myself more like i'm devil's advocate on my yes, shit sir. all the time bro yeah good man because mm. i'd imagine there'll be people that will be skeptical it's just kiwi's nature and, and humans right because we're like oh you know this seems yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's things where they just choose what to post and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I would post about losing money on a property, but just, we never have. Yeah. So how can I post about that? So what will that do for your identity if that happens? Um, like you'll own it and post it and be like, fuck it, that's what it is? Yeah, there had to have been a really cool story about how we lost money on that. <laughs> and I'd, and I'd, I'd turn it in a way, everything I'd be like, how do I monetize this? How do I fucking use this to instill more confidence in what we do? But I don't know how that would happen. I'd have to be like fucking hospitalized or something. And I just didn't have my phone on me. Everything is powered by the phone, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. We like, we, we would have broken one of the main rules that we have mm. on buying the property, below market value, uh, planning stuff, having an exit plan, um, got greedy. It's probably because we got greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if someone is keen to get into making money out of property and you could give them one piece of advice and it does not come to your seminar. Oh, yep. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, nice. What would it be? Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> no, like, it would be like understand the key fundamentals if it's property. Yeah. It is the safest 
arguably Asterix, investment since the dawn of time. It has created more millionaires than any other investment strategy. You can leverage off it. You can insure it. You can touch it. You can live in it. It is a thing that will continuously be um, required from human beings till the end of time. And like you already know five to ten people that are, have made millions from it. Everyone would. Their grandparents, capital gains or whatever, right? That's that's the main thing. Just understand the actual thing. I'm not sitting here talking about fucking crypto. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's something that you can physically get. And I, and I do videos on it where it's like you build physical relationships with other people and it helps you in life also. It helps you in negotiation. It helps you be a better person. We're talking to tradies, or, you know, one-on-one and um, – yeah, it's not like stock trading where you're just fucking two screens, three screens all day, eight hours. You can make so much more money, but it's like you're just four walls. How fun is that? Obviously, yeah. you've got the Lambo and the fucking mansion, all that stuff, but your life skills of how to talk to people is trash. Mm. And then you're this really rich guy and there's someone else that's way more characteristic at the same party as you, but you're the one with the fattest fucking wallet, but everyone's talking to that dude. Ego, sad, <laughs> you know. So you just got to take the wins and, and how to structure it to be so what you want. What you're saying is you got to learn more than just how to make. Yeah, it's not just the whole like property, property stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's the other thing. Wicked. All right, mate. Well, thank you for giving up some time because I mean you've been in here for a while now, and I'd imagine you probably could have done forty six deals in that time. So. Well, I did make an offer on the drive here, and it, they text me during the saying it's accepted. So. Again, strategy, have efficiency, tools of the trade. Smart. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Well, it's, it's been interesting to dive into what you've been up to and to get some understanding of what you've got coming up. Uh, I'm sure well, I'll be keeping an eye out. I'm keen to see where you get to. Where's this property from on your Instagram? That's, That's in Wanganui. Wanganui. What a spot. Yeah. Uh, I live down the road for some time. But anyway, at Tama Singh, if people want to follow along on Instagram. Yeah. You've got a seminar coming up in August. August the 5th. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be a limited spots one. Um, it might be the last one of the year. And I'm going to be fucking pulling out all the, all the nines, all the strategies, all the tips and tricks to grow my brand. Uh, it's going to be huge value. Yeah. Good on you. All right, mate. Well, all the best for your journey. And I'm sure we'll be able to do a check-in at some stage and see how you're getting on too. Absolutely. And also, well done to you. Thank you for giving me on this. Excellent presentation. And I know you said you did no homework, but hey, it's good. So everyone, you know, big fan of yours. And hopefully the, the momentum picks up for you as well with your brand. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cool. Uh-huh. So freaking bad. <laughs>